Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. We are here today with Quinton Blair, country music singer. It is me, Carolyn Kaler, your host, and my co-host, Shelby Stewart. Okay, so how I met Quinton way back was at Ranch Rodeos when he was playing his guitar and entertaining us at all the ranch rodeos we went to throughout the summer. Amazing. And then we asked him to uh, be the band at our wedding. So that was, I, I honestly can't believe that that was like a decade ago. I don't even want to say that, but yeah. <laughs> and he did an amazing job. Everybody still, like when I say, oh, I'm going to talk to Quentin Blair. I'm like, they're like, who? I'm like the guy that played at my wedding. And they're like, oh yeah. Like these are people that are not country. Like my family, that's not like Western-y or whatever. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's the guy. And they remember that all of them. So fabulous job. You've been singing country music for ages. You're actually a four-time Manitoba Country Music Association award winner. Wow. That was a mouthful. And yeah, I, I'm curious to hear it from your end. How did you get to be where you are here today? What was your journey like? Hi, this is Shelby and Carolyn. We are two Canadian prairie ladies, raising babies, riding horses, and living the country life. We are on a journey to find health and wealth while building our ranches, and we want to share the journey with you. In this podcast, you can expect to hear us share our own experiences, as well as interview other inspiring humans. We'll cover topics such as human health, horse health, barrel racing, building a ranch, and so much more. We are ready to dig into the tough conversations like mental health, motherhood, farming challenges, finances, you name it. You will walk away from this podcast with tips, tricks, and strategies that will have you finding more joy and peace in your journey. We know there's a lot of juggling that goes into this lifestyle because we are living it. And as a nurse myself and Carolyn with a master's in animal science, we have a lot to bring to the conversation. So grab your coffee to go, throw on your messy bun and muck boots. Let's head to the barn and chat because we have business to take care of and we're sure you do too. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. Yeah, it's, uh, well, first off, I'll kind of take a step back to that wedding. That (laughs) wedding lives on in the band lore. There are always like um, shows that uh, we remember playing and we still talk about and, you know, they're, you know, different yeah, different rodeos, a lot of them, because we play so many rodeos, but a lot of rodeos, yeah. but then that wedding is like, they, they call it the cowboy wedding. That's what the guys in the band, <laughs> the cowboy wedding. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, that night uh, lives on in, in infamy for us as well. Um, yeah. Well, it'd be hard for me to forget it, but yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we had, we had a great time playing there too. So yeah, it's crazy. I actually had a, had a Facebook memory pop up um, that said it was seven years ago, and that has to be longer than that. Um, there's, uh, we did one of those um, wagon rides, and we left, I think, from uh, from your in-law's place, and we crossed the highway and did this little stretch, and then um, uh, Brad and I were sitting around the campfire playing guitar that night, and so uh, that popped up on my Facebook memories, like, a couple of days ago, so it must have been a spring ride that we were on. In fact, I seem to remember wood ticks somehow that day, so oh yeah <laughs> you know it's spring yeah yeah, yeah. Then it was but, spring uh, for sure you know, yeah it, it's um 
it's such an interesting journey to play music because exactly kind of how this conversation goes. I mean, you meet people from all over through music, but like typically you find that if people like my music, like we're probably pretty well suited to be friends as well. So it's such an amazing journey to, to like all over this province, all over this country, North America, like it, it's, it's really interesting how um, small the world is once you get into the country music kind of vein. And so I started out, I was working at Miracle Ranch and uh, was basically mucking stalls. And um, I was sitting <laughs> I in the no office idea. one day and uh, they said, oh, I wish we had a singing cowboy around here. I'm like, I love country <laughs> music. Like it's not even hard to play. I could probably do this. And so I said, I could be your singing cowboy. So I actually had business cards that said the singing cowboy. <laughs> and, the and I'd be the entertainment at their horse shows and stuff. And then they started hosting moonlight rides where they'd take people trail riding after dark and they've got these kind of, you know, sand pits all around them. And so it was very, like, you'd feel like we were riding in Arizona, not so much in Oak Bank. And um, yeah, I'd put my coffee on the fire and make banana boats and sit around the fire. And that's where I learned, like, believe it or not, if, if we play songs like, for example, like One More Last Chance from Vince Gill, I love that kind of 90s country, but mm. that song, yeah. I can remember the night sitting around the campfire at Miracle Ranch when somebody said, hey, can you play that song? And I'm like, I don't know. And you try it and you can. And it's like, that song is still in our set list 15 years later. Like, <laughs> because it's a great song and people love to dance to it. But I remember the first time, because that's the thing that, that I always kind of like scratch my head at. And you guys probably know people like this too. And I mean, Carolyn Brad is going to be like this, right? Where you just remember lyrics for some reason. I remember like the rhythm of lyrics mm -hmm. and the rhyme. And so if I can figure out the first line of a verse, I could probably sing the whole verse just based on the rhythm and where the rhyming structure is. And so that's kind of like, you know, you sit around the fire and I still do this to this day. And someone says, hey, can you play, you know, whatever song? And it's like, you just try it and you think about the rhythm, you think about the rhyme. And, and if you can play it, like music isn't hard. There's only like, it's, it's almost like probability, right? It's like, almost like math, but there's only, there's only two or three possible answers on each, each time you play a chord, there's only two or three other chords it can go to. So if you can just get really good at hearing what that, pro okay, this sounds like it's going to go here. And so you can just start taking those guesses and you can usually, you know, whatever, get. Okay. You said playing music is easy and I beg to differ on that one. <laughs> because it's easy if it comes naturally to you, which I think so, for some people it does. Like you said about like, just remembering the words to songs or like, I cannot, I, I fall back on like at bedtime when the girls want me to sing to bed, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star for the last five years. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's my repertoire. I'm right there with you, Carolyn. <laughs> but then Brad and you and Chloe just rattle off songs like no, like, it's like just comes so natural. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a wonderful talent. Well, I, I think that it is something that's sort of intrinsic in you, like for whatever reasons, the way that your brain kind of functions and processes, <laughs> you know, but it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even like, yeah, it, it is, it is, it is something special that uh, what, what special, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's something that, that is, is unique that just 
I, I recognize that I have it because I don't try hard to play music. I don't sit there and go, oh, you know, I really want to learn how to play this chord or that chord. Like I, I'm, I'm good at my instrument, but I rely on others to be better at my instrument, right? So that's why I always have other people playing with me. It's one thing to sort of strum around the, the campfire and play, but it's another thing when you're like, you're hiring, you know, professional players to play on your albums and stuff like that. Like, you know, there are guys that can do it better. So just let them do it. Um, it yeah, I mean, and, and for some reason, I guess storytelling just kind of comes natural to me. But I think I think a lot of people have that that ability to work with words and to phrase them in a way that would sort of draw in a listener. I spent a lot of time reading Louis L'Amour growing up. That was my, he's kind of that Western author. Nice. He's got know, 300 books out or something like that. I, <laughs> Vanessa even gave me a sweater. She found like, like merch for him. So I have this Louis L'Amour sweater and whatever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd for, for his writing, but his writing kind of taught me how to describe a scene in a way that was kind of captivating but not overstating it and so sometimes when I'm writing songs I kind of go into it going I'm just I'm a painter just using words that's all I'm I'm seeing a picture and I'm just going to try to capture that picture with words but not to the point where it's overstated or not to the point where you're losing interest just enough to capture that moment so uh, that's something that I'd kind of attribute to just reading a ton as a as probably a teenager I probably didn't start reading Louis L'Amour till I was probably 15 years old or 16 years old. And then I think I've read every book and I probably own two or three copies of every book now because I just kind of collected them through the years. But it's, um, yeah, that, that journey of country music is one of those where you just get to meet like-minded people from all over and you're, you're having this kind of fun experience with them, right? So yeah, whether that's around a campfire at a ranch rodeo, whether that's a rodeo dance or a street dance or a backyard party or a wedding, like, when you have a guitar, you can do, you can play anywhere. And when you get there, everybody wants to talk to you just because you have a guitar. And so it's, it's a super fun way to meet people. It's, it's absolutely, uh, actually we were, yeah. sitting in the, we were sitting in the hot tub yesterday. Uh, Vanessa and I is this, the wind is kind of just howling around us and stuff. And I'm, I'm just sitting there going like, it was one of those moments where we're heading into a really busy summer. I just looked at her and I said like, I'm so grateful that I get to do what I do, that that's my job to go there and bring joy to people. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty humbling is, is what it is. I'm, I'm very, I hold my music career very loosely in my hand and go, you know what, if it goes this way, if it goes that way with COVID, we didn't know what was happening. If this song works, if this song doesn't, you kind of just very, I don't hold on to anything tight. It's all very loose, but there's that moment of just going like, man, like I'm, I'm, I don't take it for granted that I enjoy what I do. Yeah, it's awesome to enjoy what you do. And um, I loved what you said there about how you changed plans during with COVID. Can you talk a little bit more about how you did that? Because I know that you came up with some like kind of unique and like interesting ideas for how to play music during that time. Yeah. We were, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, so we've got, we've got two farms and, uh, you know, so we spend a lot of time kind of driving back and forth across Manitoba 
And, uh, you know, Vanessa's got three kids. I've got one. So we're this blended family with four kids. So we have a lot of horses because <laughs> kids like to ride. And, and so, the, but there's also times when it's just Vanessa and I out riding and we're sitting there and slightly to the south of Austin, north of Holland, south of Austin, uh, along the Assiniboine River, there's a wildlife management area, there's a bunch of crown leases, and then there's Spruce Woods Provincial Park. Now, all of that stuff kind of seamlessly flows together. And we're, that's where we ride because like you swear that you're just transplanted to a different location based on the hills, based on the, <clears throat> the scenery and stuff. It's, it's an amazing place to ride. And there's literally days and days and days worth of riding out there. And I mean, in Manitoba, it's hard to kind of fathom where you could go on a five-day pack trip and just not unless you go to riding mountain probably well, yeah. maybe the turtle or the ducks but i mean there's just not that many places where you can get to to do that kind of stuff and vanessa looks at me she's like it's really a shame that like we've got all these broke horses and here we are just we're out riding like like no one's riding with us we i bet you we know hundreds of people who would like to come and ride with us um mm -hmm. and so we started this idea like yeah why don't we try to take people riding but it's not kind of like trail riding there's there's trail riding outfits that they specialize in that and they can do you know six rides a day and get 10 15 horses out per trip and stuff like that and we just don't have those facilities so we're like well how do we how do we kind of start something a little bit unique and then we decided on well what if we took people on a little bit of a trail ride and then I pulled out my guitar because my guitar has got like a backpack strap on it. So it's like, what if I, what if I brought my guitar nice. and then we sat up on a ridge and I have a little, I have a little fire box that, that folds down into my saddlebags. So it's like the last year was really dry. So we were really cautious about how we were burning fires in the back country. This spring, we, we don't need that. that box. <laughs> no. Anyways, um, we, we can, we can kind of ride and wind up on this beautiful ridge overlooking the Assiniboine, watch the sun sink on the horizon, pull out a bottle of wine, have a campfire, and I'll play songs around the campfire because during COVID we could have groups of like, at, at sometimes like groups of what, five outdoors. Yeah. And it was like, this way I could still play music and we can still engage with a lot of a lot of people who come and ride are people who know me through music so engage with my fan base but build a memory and all of a sudden we kind of hatched this idea of woodside outfitters so um we we go by the name woodside outfitters because on our farm in mcgregor we have the original woodside school as our barn so we have an old schoolhouse 100 year old schoolhouse that we've converted to our barn so we kind of carried that name forward and here we are um yeah, we're, we, we bought this cabin right at the trailhead for where we ride. And we sit basically on probably 10,000 acres of crown land that we can go and take people riding on. So now it's like a bittersweet moment going, well, we started this business that was supposed to take 10 years to start. And then it started in two years. And now we've got bookings, but I've also got shows. <laughs> so it's like this funny like trade-off of like, man, yeah. I music but I also really want to go and and take people riding but it's so cool and I think it's it's such the uh the um alignment for with what you guys are kind of talking about too just in general on the podcast like we we run this business with two of our daughters and they're uh, my daughter Brooke is 10 and Vanessa's daughter Brooke is 13 
So we have two Brooks. Now you can imagine the looks <laughs> on people's faces when they go somewhere. Oh, this is our daughter Brooke. This is our other daughter Brooke. And it was like, <laughs> we just look at them. We say, like, we just love the names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, That's so funny. but it's something that that you know the girls love to ride but it teaches them something so different because now all of a sudden it's not just about, Hey, let's go on a trail ride or, you know, let's do barrel racing or let's do, you know, they, they want to learn to um, break away rope and all that kind of stuff. It takes them out of that element. And now it teaches them to talk to people that they don't know and sort of establish conversation at the same time, teaching these people about the horses that they're riding, even just, you know, this is our horse Frisco. This is what she does well. This is, you know, you know, this is why we love her or whatever. And and to to watch them develop these kind of life skills around it, it's like, man, like Woodside mm-hmm. Outfitters is is fun for me. I am loving doing it, but it's it's a business that we run for the kids, like to, as an opportunity to give them that that ability to like. Now we're going to get to the beaver dams and we're going to go look at them because they're, they're really cool because there's five of them all in a row and the, every, because of the minerals in the water, they're all different colors and you're, you're standing 150 feet above them and you're looking down. So it's gorgeous. So we tie the horses off to the side, but now the girls have to learn to like get the guests off the horse and take them over and talk to them and, and kind of coach them through it. And it's so neat to watch them develop under that kind yeah. of circumstance. So it's... Um, it's, it's an interesting kind of uh, idea to, uh, to raise our kids doing that. Um, so whatever, we're having, a, we're having a really fun time and exploring that and unpacking and going like, now that we have that cabin there, we're quickly doing a bunch of rentals because people would come out and ride, but they had no place to stay. And we have like an outfitter tent and that's a lot of work to like set up the outfitter tent every time someone comes to ride. And so now we have a cabin and it's just there. And um, but it just opens up all these new opportunities. Like, why don't we have wagon trips that go out too? Yeah, and why, would, cool. why wouldn't we take corporate businesses on team building experiences out there? So um, you know, did, did you just build that cabin? Is that what you said? You built no, it? No, we're up? renovating it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We, uh, we kind of came across it and uh, um, <laughs> it's it literally like at the trailhead of all of these trails um so it, it is it's got about i don't know 10 sections of crown leases back to the east where we could ride and ride and ride uh and then it's got um wildlife management area and then on the spruce woods provincial park so literally we can do huge loops in both directions and i've got friends who are like um you know i've got a friend who's a red seal chef and a cowboy poet and i'm like i think that would be a really neat experience to bring people out and yeah. like and, and it, because you're in the wagon, it's not like people have to worry about riding horses or anything. Like you can just put a couple on horses as outriders and a couple in the wagon and, you know, kind of that's, that's where we'll be. We'll spend a lot of time in those woods going forward. So. Excellent. Yeah. I loved what you said about teaching your kids about all the skills and about the horses and stuff. Like everything that Chloe learns on the farm, sometimes like it just makes you so proud right and it's skills that they wouldn't maybe necessarily learn in if they lived in town or whatever but so useful and they have so much there's so many things that they can do on the farm themselves to help with farm work and they just have so much pride in that 
And it's wonderful to see them, you know, do a job and be a part of what you're doing and, and be so proud of it too. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's because uh, I, I didn't grow up on a farm, right? So I, I grew up kind of just in the city. I was a sports kid. I played a lot of hockey, a lot of golf, that kind of stuff. And it was really one of the reasons I moved to the Southeast is because I knew people who rode out there and I really wanted that to be a part of my life. And so, you know, here we are, you know, how many years later and that is my life. So yeah. made it um, happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's kind of one of the things too, that I kind of like, um, think about and like I said because I'm that songwriter and I'm that contemplative thinker and I'm just kind of going like I want to play music I want to ride horses mm -hmm. I find healing in music and I find healing in the woods and peace in the woods and that is such an important thing that you can share and so I wrote a song there's a fella in uh in Tennessee he's he's a Canadian but he um he produces songs and writes songs in Tennessee his name is Dwayne Thompson and uh, Dwayne and I were writing a song in um, uh, September. I was down on a writing trip and I came up with this idea of like burning sunsets. Like we only get so many sunsets in life. Like we, none of us know how many we get. So don't burn one, don't waste one and own your sunset, right? So it's like, if you want that to happen, don't sit there and go, well, someday, just find a way to get to that point where you can own that sunset. So that's kind of like my, my life mantra these days, just kind of going, if that's something I want to do, find a way just to make that work. And I mean, like yeah. I do these as businesses, like I do these, like quote unquote professionally, um, like finding, <laughs> finding ways to like, to do this and you go like, you know what, it's, it's, it, we're all kind of unique in, in what our pursuits are, especially within the horse world some of us love training some of us love riding broke horses some of us love raising livestock some of us breed dogs right like we're all kind of doing all these different things <laughs> in within agriculture and it's just a matter of finding what that passion is and and making that a part of your life and and letting it like own your sunset through it so that's my there's my little soapbox on the way that I look at my life but <laughs> You know, I love it. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so cool because some people spend their whole lives looking for it or searching and wondering what it is. And here you found it and you're sharing it with other people. It's amazing. Yeah. I do. <laughs> there's, there's, there's something like, like I, I, I ranch rodeoed. I'll put that in quotes. <laughs> well, you legitimately ground. did that. I did. I, did. I saw it. I was yeah. definitely on the ground crew. Um, I did. <laughs> I rope all that often but you know I've worked on my team roping a bunch and I, and I love like volunteering at the community pasture or I love you know when we get to rope and drag at brandings and stuff like that like I, those are my favorite things but I team rope because I kind of like I like it but it's more that I like people I'm hanging out with I like mm -hmm. the social side of it um but I could go into the woods by myself in a heartbeat and come back out two days later and just just be by myself I don't like that is my my drive and a lot of people are like I can't trail ride that especially when you talk to team ropers they're like I can't I'm not a trail rider I'm not a trail rider I'm a team roper yeah. and, it's, and it's laughing because it's like yeah but I don't think you've, I don't think you've trail ridden where I've trail ridden or or experienced mm -hmm. it the way that I've experienced it so it's mm -hmm. like it's you know it's one thing to go like you know we're going to ride in the ditch for two hours and some people that's just all that, that that's around them so it's like that's all they can do well yeah that's not fun trail riding 
at, you know, after you do that three, four times, but when you start getting into some like challenging terrain and you get to see some country and, you, and you're back there and you're just like studying the tracks around you, man, we came across some huge elk tracks the other day and it's like, you, you follow them and, you, and you're just kind of like, hey, I wonder, wonder what was happening here. We were turkey hunting the other day and there's a, um, a cow elk with her, with her calf, right? And it's just like, that's neat when you can see that kind of stuff and, and um, kind of just whatever, being in the woods. It's, it's, it's just such a, like, you breathe, you breathe and there's no sound except the footfall from your horse and the squeak of the saddle on your leather. And that's all there is, right? And you're just kind of like immersed in the breeze that's blowing and, and you know, listen to the animals that are around you, hear the coyotes calling or you're identifying birds based on their call. And like, man, that, that is such a lost art, like that ability to be kind of like in the woods and be a woodsman. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's my, that's my passion beyond anything is, is, is having horses to go into the woods with. And I always say the back country, but it's like, it's like a, a footprint of boreal forest. <laughs> it's not like when you say backcountry in BC, it's like, you know, three mountains come together and it's that different, but it's as, it's as backcountry as I can get where I'm at. So, uh, well, when yeah. you're in it, it probably feels like you're in the backcountry anyways. Yeah. Because yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. And it, I mean, especially because we try to ride away from trails. Like we try to like, you know, I guess I'm, I'm always sort of extra cautious about like getting lost and stuff like that because it's so easy to get lost in the woods. But um, I try to make sure that I've always got, you know, following the plans of like letting people know where I'm going when I'm coming home. And then at the same point too, making sure my phone's charged up and running a GPS tracker of sorts. So I can just at least know where I'm at. Um, but the nice part is, I mean, because it's a, just a footprint of boreal forest, like if I ride that way, I'll hit a fence line or I'll hit a road eventually. So yeah. like you kind of ride into the woods going like, maybe I'll be over in here overnight if, if something goes bad, but you know, I'll probably be able to find my way out. So, yeah. You're not getting lost different. on a mountain. It's a bit yeah, different. Yeah. yeah that, that's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it sure makes me want to kind of push that a little bit more, push that, that instinct inside of me a little bit more and try to, branch out into into more challenge more more kind of outdoor challenges mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that so um yeah just kind of like how long can you survive in the woods i don't know let's go try <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll play music too <laughs> yeah uh, i've never had that desire to see how long i could live out in the woods but <laughs> i do love the idea of riding my horse for a few days straight so there's yeah. that <laughs> And it's pretty crazy too, because like when we go riding, like, like it's not uncommon for us to like ride eight hours in a day, but how many eight-year-old kids can ride eight hours a day, oh, right? And the kids come out there and it's like, we'll do a six-hour ride, you know, mid-morning till mid-afternoon and then come back and have some food and whatever. And then the kids all want to hop on and they go for another two-hour rip that night just because. That's like, awesome. And yeah. And they can do that five days in a row. Like they can... 40 hours of riding. <laughs> Kids and are incredible. They oh, have stamina, man. They have they stamina. They just live for it. Absolutely. They love yeah. it. Like how many snacks do you have to pack then to go for that long? Like I can't imagine taking Chloe with on that long of a trail ride. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her moms, the first thing we think of is how many snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> area is so beautiful too like you have right like it's kind of known for its forest of spruce trees to all of a sudden like sand dunes to you know um huge water yeah water systems and wildlife like it's so crazy so it, you know I've done a few hikes in the spruce woods as well we used it to actually take our horses there they have a little equine center mm -hmm. there too but yeah like you could spend six to ten hours just going it's so yeah. cool. well and it and it's funny too because like I, like I only started going there like when I met Vanessa so that'd be like five years ago or something like that like like I, it's not like we've been going there our whole lives but we started going to the equine campground equestrian campground mm -hmm. and they've got a little <laughs> barn there and all that kind of stuff and then it's like all of a sudden you go there on a weekend there's like 10 other people there I'm like no, not for me. Mm -hmm. So then we went to the canoe camp, which was just up, the, uh, you know, another couple of miles up the road. And uh, apparently it was beautiful back in the day. It got flooded out about seven, eight years ago. Uh, and then people stopped using it. So then for a couple of years, we were like the only ones ever there. And now it's like everybody rediscovered it. But now, I mean, love horse people, right? They show up. And the, the thing is like, like, it's a long, it's probably five miles of like sandy gravel road to get into this equestrian campground. And people show up there, they have these massive show rigs with the generators, the AC with the pullouts and everything like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> we were there one weekend and there was like standing room only people like, cause they've got corral set up. They've got this massive hay field and all of the corral area was used up and people were tying horses to trailers overnight because there were that many people there. And it was like, at that moment, I'm just like, you know what? I like it when it's quiet. This is not, this is not how I camp. And, you know, especially like, it's one thing when you're at a rodeo and there's generators running, like you expect that. But when I'm camping in the woods and I hear the generators from like three different spots all around me, it's like, there's only four people here like I sleep in a canvas tent I have candles for for lanterns but I don't even have propane lanterns all the time it's like I'm I want to be quiet I want to be away from people I don't want to sit here and listen to your generator and the funny part is that they're probably sitting there going I come here and I want to have my cup of coffee and I want to sleep comfortably and I don't want some dang cowboys singing Garth Brooks songs till two o'clock in the morning but, but hey, so they probably have both. I want, both. I want to listen to the music, but also sleep in a nice bed and have my coffee in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a trade-off for sure. But that's that's kind of what pushed us to go and explore other areas and like how comfortable are we camping without services? And then you do it one time and you're going like, this is the greatest thing ever. I probably can't stay in a campground ever again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't knock so, until you try it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> And there's so much crown land and, and like, I mean, it's there for all of us to use, right? So it's like, as much as we kind of go there and, and we take people out, like anybody with horses can show up and park on our road and ride and ride and ride. And so it's, uh, I think it's, it's almost like a, something that maybe we take for granted being in Manitoba, thinking that we don't have these places, but man, with the cost of fuel, who wants to ride, drive to Alberta to do a ride like that, right? So yeah. 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 Well, that's it's awesome. Actually, it's probably like a meeting point halfway between you guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> ride like a mother trail ride at your, at your yeah. annual event. Yeah. Done. I'm in. <laughs> Absolutely. I am totally in. That sounds like my kind of yeah. my kind of ride. 
Absolutely. I told Brad I for my birthday, I either want to have a big party or go riding with nobody. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I can't decide. Um, Those are two very but, opposite things. <laughs> I know. I'll probably end up doing both of them just because, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay. So we talked a lot about that, um, but I think we should probably get into your new music too, mm-hmm. because you just um released a new single correct mm-hmm. well i know it's correct it's awesome i'm loving it'll, it it'll kick you like a mule put a hitch in your hobble it's a whole lot of trouble in a 20 dollar bottle uh, <laughs> awesome I, I was in i was in tennessee and i was and i was on this writing trip and i was i was hanging out with jason blaine um and jason's a great canadian songwriter he's an original artist so he's got a bunch of his own tracks out there um and he's just man when you work with like good songwriters um you know jason blaine was like this and jason mccoy is like this as well where they just kind of riff and riff and riff and it's like um it's so like i just come up with the idea and say like the whole i i think it started by by saying she she drinks her wine four gallons at a time kind of thing about you know kind of like buying box wine instead of like a a fancy (laughs) bottle wine i think that's how we got onto it and then uh, we got off of the wine and we got onto the moonshine track. And then we're kind of talking about the, you know, is the moonshine still kind of hiding from the law? Kind of like your, you know, more like stereotypical kind of country story. But then working in, yeah, all of a sudden we're sitting there and we go, kick you like a mule, put a hitch in your hobble. And like, this is like, that's a game changer. That line changed everything in the song for me. And like, this was going to be something. So anyways, yeah, we, we recorded that song. Um, out in Toronto, I work with a guy named Pete Lesperance who plays in a hair metal band called Harem Scarum. And it's funny. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've been around for like, I don't know, 25 years, probably something like that. And all these 10 albums or whatever they are. But it's so interesting to work with, because hair metal, as much as it's like loud guitars, and it's so melodic. So listening to how he approaches, how he interprets melody and how he imposes them onto this song. I'm just like, that was that was a very, very interesting experience to watch from afar, just watching how one mind with a different kind of training than what my mind would have been. And it, yeah. it was so neat to watch it. And yeah, it comes out with this amazing track that's, uh, it's actually uh, was shipped off to radio already on May the 30th. So just recently, and then, um, put it on streaming platforms earlier in the month just so kind of people could listen to it and and get excited about it but I'm really excited for uh sort of some of the opportunities that it will hopefully uh open up but it's uh it's it's been fun actually yeah we're gonna play in uh, we're gonna like we're playing it this summer right so we're we're rehearsing it right now learning it and making sure we're playing all the parts right and stuff and it's it's um it's a lot of fun so it's Mm kind of like some artists will tell you it's kind of like um you know, birthing a child. Like this is this is a song that you've uh, that you've spent so much time on, and now you're kind of presenting it to the world, and we'll see what happens. And I don't quite approach it like that. To me, I'm kind of like indifferent about it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's fine. Like, I, that's the thing about being a songwriter is that you're never making everybody happy, anyways. So, um, you know, just I'm happy that it's at this point that it's going to see some daylight because. There's this, this song I wrote with Dwayne called Burn Another Sunset, which I thought was an amazing song and we didn't cut it. So it's, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years before it sees daylight. Maybe it doesn't see daylight. And, 
you know, it was just kind of a, a life-changing mindset was solidified that day, but maybe, maybe I didn't end up sharing that song with anybody. So it's kind of an interesting thing, how you write yeah. songs and don't share them. Because I think we went through, and we went through about 20 songs that mm -hmm. I've written. And then we kept on coming back to $20 bottle. But that's a lot of no's. Like I got rejected 19 times before I finally had one accepted. Like that's a lot of like, uh, I thought this song was great. I still do think it's great. I still think somebody should cut it. But, you know, just the way that the music world works is unless you're trying to get nominated for an award, like a Juno or a Western Canadian Music Award, albums don't matter. So like, when's the last time either of you bought a CD? It was probably mine at a ranch rodeo seven years ago, right? Like, no. Oh, I think it was. But then the yeah. last, last one was actually Tim Huss. Oh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. But it was probably at a show or something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 So so it's kind of like that there's album sales. I mean, I went through, and this is me kind of on like that local level where like a good night on album sales for me would have been like 15, 20 albums sold. But that's an, at, at 20 bucks a, a record, like that's some income that you're making every night when you're playing. And suddenly as an artist, you just have that rug, rug pulled out because everyone wants to stream music, which I get, mm -hmm. I stream music all the time. But it's, it's kind of as an artist, it really kind of throws things out of kilter. So now you don't write songs for an album, you write songs for a single. And then, right. and then you don't do anything until that song's done. So if, if this song gets picked up at radio and they play it until September, my next song won't come out until October because I'm going to leave it out there. And whereas before you'd put out an album every 18 months and you'd have four singles on it. So you'd be spinning those, you know, every three to four months, dropping a new single and pushing that timeline because you had another album coming out at 18 months. So now it's like, eh, here's a song and maybe I'll talk to you next year. Maybe I'll have another song next year. Maybe, maybe there's nothing between now and then because the song turns into a super hit, which would be awesome. But, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm in. <laughs> That'd yeah, be awesome. Yeah. I want to hear you on the radio all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's, uh, it's, it's just interesting the way that you have to play the music game um, mm. and just learn to I adapt. I know nothing about it. This is fascinating. Like, I, I would have no idea. But I guess like you were saying it's a it's a lot like every creative endeavor where you kind of have to you're not a, your value isn't in the work it's you as a person right that's where you value and your work is just something you created it's your art form right so whether somebody else likes it or not has like it, it's it's a tricky thing to have it not affect you and how you perceive yourself right so I can see that being a huge um, milestone or something that you have to work on as a music artist to kind of disconnect from how people view your music and how people view you, right? I don't know. Maybe that's not the case, but I, I find that for my artwork. Like if I make a graphic design and I think it's amazing. I'm like, it's the best thing I've ever made. And er nobody else like, it gets like zero. It's like crickets when I put it out there into the world. I'm like, oh, well, okay. Nobody else liked it, but I still love it. And I'm still a good graphic designer, even though that one didn't, nobody else saw it like I did. Right. 
-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely that struggle between um, like, yeah, just being who you are. Now, the the mm -hmm. nice part is that that the longer that you're around, the more that you're playing music, the more that you know who you are as an artist, just the easier it is to just kind of put the song out and say, you know what, I know there's gonna be people who like it and I know there's gonna be people who don't get it and that's okay. And yeah, yeah. Kind of move on at that point. But there's a point in your career when, when you're early on as an artist and you're trying to please everybody and you want everybody to like your music and everybody you know wants to come and see you play and stuff like that and it's like you know what it just it doesn't work like that but you take that rejection pretty hard there's a there's an mm -hmm. i mean music is a pretty healthy industry these days whereas you know maybe 30 years ago it wasn't healthy i mean i'm sure there's still pockets in everything but like you know um, I think we understand more about the psychology of being an artist and and it's really interesting because you know Vanessa can pinpoint this in me in a heartbeat and as an artist you get on this like psychological psychological or an emotional high when you're on stage it's not the people who are cheering for you that give you the high it's the creation the creative juices that are flowing on stage between you and your band that give you a high. The people are there as a byproduct and they're enjoying it. And at the end of the night, they're coming, oh, you're so great, you're so great, and whatever. They're kind of like pumping your tires, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what happens the next morning when you wake up in a dingy motel room <laughs> and you got to drive six hours home, sometimes by yourself, mm -hmm. and your ears are still ringing? The last thing you want to do is play music on the radio you're driving in silence but you can hit this real low spot and then all of a sudden you're just like you get home because you didn't sleep well that night right you only got you know five hours of sleep you had a five-hour drive coming home and you're just like keep the blinds shut I just want but now you're almost like in a depressed state because that's you coming down off of that high and I mean there were so many different drug problems in the music industry like in those you know 60s 70s 80s um, eras because artists were trying to figure out how to like, get through it so I need to get up and I need to get down and it and you see that in those movies like uh, Walk the Line or in Ray mm -hmm. and you see these artists struggling with it and now what you find is that um, you know sometimes I'll, like I'll put a cap on how far I'll drive in a day if I have to play a show like I can't drive nine hours and play a show that is just I can't deliver. I can't be at my best. Um, you know, you, you got to watch what you eat when you're out on the road. And, you know, it's more, you try to be more like shakes and salads than <laughs> you know, burgers and beers kind of thing. We had so, a whole podcast episode uh, right on this subject. Yeah. Just about going to rodeos, but same concept, right? Yeah, same thing. And it's, and it's like, if you want to be, I was at uh, Walt Woodard put on a, uh, a roping clinic a couple of weeks ago. So I went there and he's like, and, and, you know, I'm not going to be a world champion roper by any stretch, but at the same point, you, you begin to learn, like, if you're doing this, you're doing this and you're going to do what you need to do to be good at it. And yeah. it's not about like the people who are going to go there and they're going to get, you know, uh, you know, overindulged, overindulged on the uh, Friday night. They're going to try to wake up Saturday and rope in the slack. Well, those guys are never going to win because they didn't treat themselves like winners. If you treat yourself like a winner, you're going to be a winner. And, and, you know, that's that's how I have seen music change. And so, you know, I try to bring my runners with me when I'm on the road, especially for, you know, if I'm gone for multiple days at a time, like just getting into the woods somewhere to go for a hike, because 
just, you know, I'll bring snowshoes with me when I travel in the wintertime and go find snowshoe tra trails to go and walk because you have to be able to take care of your, your, it's your mental thing, even though you're doing something, you know, physical, I guess the, the trickle down is that you're, you're balancing your, your mental ability or emotional ability to go and deliver because songwriters are by nature, you know, sensitive. I don't know if that's the right word, but like, you know, you just, just more of like that sensitive soul because like, you're the introspective thinker you're trying to think about life you're trying to relate to somebody you're trying to share something with somebody so it's it's not as sort of like abrupt and brusque you know like that's that's typically not your songwriter your songwriters you know usually pretty conversational and wanting to know about how your day is going and stuff like that and so um you know i think that that personality type is so prone to you know the, the swings the emotional swings up and yeah down, up yeah and down. yeah so so anyways that's kind of one thing that I that I try to kind of be cautious and, and aware of just kind of going like you know how, how do I just kind of maintain being at the best that I can be um and the other part of that too is just kind of having a team around you it's never just about the one person who's out on the road so I'm the one that puts on the guitar and walks out on stage but I'm not the only person on the team right and so yeah. it's like you're uh your, your friends, your family close to you are, you know, such a, such a driving force. And that's going to be the same thing in the equestrian world too, right? Like you're not, man, I saw, so, um, I think, you know, I guess Carrie Plett posted on her Facebook page the other day from down in uh, Grunthal there that uh, Chad's jackpot got canceled and he, you know, he won 400 bucks this weekend because he didn't have to put money into the truck to drive to the jackpot. <laughs> right? Like, and it's like, it's a yep. it's, it's a serious like yeah your 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 whole family's got to be in on it and uh you know there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into um you know success in and def, and that's what the funny part too is that um define success everyone has their own definition of what success is mm -hmm. right it's not mm -hmm. about how many buckles you win or how many points you've earned or how much you sold your horse for at the end of the day, right? Like it's, we all have our own definition of success, but sometimes I think that, especially in the equestrian world, we can so quickly, like it's, it can be very judgmental sometimes, right? And just be like, you know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I won't, I won't go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's, that, I think that actually is a detriment to, to the community because like, if we can't all like, I guess because we're not cheering each other on, right? Like if I'm competing with Joe Schmo down the road, I'm not necessarily going, hey, I'm glad you got the points and I didn't kind of thing. But <laughs> I wish we were maybe bigger and I wish that we could be like that because sometimes I, sometimes that that kind of turns me off of the equestrian community. It's just like, oh man, I, I don't care. I, that's yeah. how I go into it. I don't care. Um, but Do my best and hopefully you do your best and we'll see who comes out on top and I'll cheer you on and congratulate you if you beat me great I don't yeah. know that's all I think but about it or try I think to. I think it's easy for me to go in and say I don't care because I'm not at this point beating anybody I want to I want to compete and I want yeah, to be I'm good the at same the way. Yeah. it's easy to say oh like yeah that's it's okay not to win because I'm not going in anticipating that I might win right so right. then I'm like it's easy to be happy even when I don't win so. Yeah. 
because ignorance is bliss and when we don't yeah. know we can win it but when we expect to win and when we put in all the time and the effort to to be the winner like yeah losing sucks yeah. so like I, I get that side of it too but um yeah it's uh we come, we come from all walks of life so somebody yeah. who's winning the cca rodeo finals for five years and they don't make the sixth year that's heartbreaking right but us on our fraternity colts at four years old and going into a jackpot and i won the third d i'm pumped i'm yeah. so excited <laughs> yeah awesome. everybody's on a different scale and everybody's got their own path yeah well we have had an amazing conversation here um <laughs> we should probably wrap it up at some point i guess <laughs> where can we find more about you um where like where do people look for you instagram is my favorite and so instagram is my favorite social media platform so it's uh at quinton blair or at woodside underscore outfitters and that's where you can kind of see all the outdoorsy kind of stuff the kids that we like to do uh and then on uh facebook is quinton blair music or quintonblair.com on the website so and we're going to be all over uh all over the prairies this summer so no matter where you are manitoba saskatchewan alberta will be somewhere close by excellent i can't wait to see you at one of those events <laughs> check out your tour dates yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thanks for tuning in and listening to our conversation with quinton blair today everybody all right thanks everybody for listening to the ride like a mother podcast i hope that the knowledge suits you well and that you can take it to your community you can find us on instagram and facebook so hit that subscribe button and we would love your support and you can show that support by leaving us a review on your podcast platform or sharing this episode with somebody you think might find it interesting and valuable. We meet here every Thursday, same time, same place, and we will see, see you at the next, next jackpot. jackpot. <laughs>